This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, welcome back to the Liverpool Echo's Blood Red podcast. I'm Matt Addison with Ian Doyle and Kiefer McDonald, both with me for this afternoon's show. I'm back in the hosting chair after a few weeks and after what seems like a very long time since Liverpool last played. There's still a whole weekend to go before the Reds are back in action. But don't worry, we'll be talking about that game with Crystal Palace on Monday night as this is the last main show before that one. Blood Red, of course, moves to a Tuesday next week with Liverpool playing on the Monday. There are still some topics that we're going to go through for you today. I know the panel spoke a little bit about the midfield on Monday, so we'll touch on that a little bit, but not too much. We'll talk about Harvey Elliott as well after he followed Diogo Jota and Stefan Bicetic in signing a new contract on improved terms this week. But Doidi, the inevitable chat around the midfield has to come first. It, it seems to be on lots of podcasts, lots of social media talk around that at the moment. Jurgen Klopp, of course, was asked about it in his press conference as well. I suppose, firstly, it was it was just inevitable, wasn't it, after the Thiago injury and the performance of the midfield at Fulham, it was always going to be a week where that was going to be the big talking point. Yeah, it's boring, isn't it? Really, really dull. Uh, I think Klopp's kind of addressed it. So anybody who's suggesting otherwise just needs to have a long, hard look at themselves and possibly spend their energy doing something else. It's lovely outside today, so go for a walk, do something like that. Fact is, Liverpool aren't going to sign a midfielder unless somebody comes up that they believe is going to improve the squad and We've said it a million times that they're just looking, you know, they've said that probably next season, well, next season will be the time, next summer will be the time where they sign players. And you don't have to read between the lines too much that some of the players that they might be after. I mean, the the lad at Monaco has gone to Real Madrid. Liverpool were interested in, in him, tried to sign him, wants to go to Real Madrid. And everyone's kind of like suggesting that showed that Liverpool have shown their hand that they can buy a midfielder. Now, actually, what it does this summer, what it actually does show is that, yeah, they were quite happy to buy the midfielders that they actually want to buy. And he was one of them and he, he wanted to go to Real Madrid and that's that. And so he was available, as has been proven by the fact he's gone somewhere else. And so anyone else that they're interested in probably is clearly not available. But unless something changes in the next, what is it, three weeks, that's going to be that. So... I do believe that that's the uh, that's the situation because you've got to bear in mind as well at the start of the summer we kind of assumed Alex Oxley Chamberlain was going to go uh, because he's obviously out of contract at the end of the summer but then that changed that he um, he was going to be staying irrelevant to whether the fact they got injured or not and I think part of that is probably because they didn't get in the midfielder that they perhaps wanted so you know it, this isn't rocket science you just join the dots and yeah, Liverpool, I'm sure, right, personally speaking, I think Liverpool would be better off with another goalkeeper, another right-back, another centre-back, another midfielder, another forward. But funnily enough, that's not going to happen. So um, you have to cut your cloth accordingly and your cloth accordingly even, easy for you to say. Um, and look at the other teams. I mean, interesting that Klopp was asked um, about the midfielders again. And when he when he certainly said it, I mean, the people in the press room were like, oh, right, you know. And he's, he's, you know, he did say, look, I know people are going to ask me this, so I have to answer it. And his answer's been consistent over the last two, three, four weeks, isn't it? I think it was back in, where were we? He got he got asked before he even went to Thailand and, and Singapore about it, gave the answer, which when he got asked about it in Thailand, sorry, Singapore was exactly the same. And when, when he got asked about it, at the start of the season was the same. When he got asked about it last week was the same. When he got asked today was the same. So pretty consistent message. So as I say, nice weather outside. Use your energy otherwise. Because that's not me being okay, that's not me being flippant. That's just a statement of a fact. That is just a fact. 
you know, and, and could Liverpool sign somebody between now and September the 1st, a midfielder? Yeah, if the right one becomes available. But at the moment, they aren't. And, you know, there are other factors at play. That, you know, the other team has to have a replacement lined up. They have to, you know, the, and let's look at, say, for example, a player like Jude Bellingham, who Liverpool quite clearly like and would like to sign. Dortmund made it quite clear they're only going to sell one player this summer, one, one major player. And that was at Haaland. He's gone to Man City. And I think everybody knew that. I wrote that. What, what month is it? I wrote that about 10 or 11 months ago. And funnily enough, nothing's really changed since then. So, I don't know. Maybe if, you know, if people always want more. And the fact that Liverpool didn't win the first game means some people are terrified for the season ahead. So, I just think they just need to bear in mind it's all, as recording this, it's August the 12th. Season doesn't finish till, just seems like next July or something like that. It's a long time off. Long way to go. Um, Liverpool will just, you know, is it not as if Liverpool haven't earned any trust from, from what's happened over the past, you know, four, five years under Klopp? Yeah, there are some players who are getting old. You look at Henderson and Milner, they're not going to go on forever. But Elliot is there now. You know, you've got Cavalios coming. Um, there are, you know, Thiago, I know he's injured now, but he wasn't there uh, two years ago. So they have been changing the team around. So, you know, people do want more and more and more. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And as I said, unless something changes, the circumstances change that suit Liverpool, they're not going to be signing a midfielder until next year. Yeah, lots of, of stories in Portugal this week around Matis Nunez and various other players. But again, like you say, they've been available. They've been there to be had all summer. Liverpool haven't done it. That would probably suggest that they're not going to do it just now, Kiefer, after a, a week of, of that. And Dordie mentions there the, the kind of other options that Liverpool have, obviously, a couple of, of injuries. There's been a few people, I think, possibly slightly panicking a little bit too much in terms of the number of, of options available. And the comparison is, is kind of there when they waited and, and didn't sign a centre-back. But it's a little bit different to that, isn't it? That was two positions and they had three senior players. This is maybe three positions or two if you change formation. And they do have still, even with a few injuries, still five or six players that are available. Yeah, 100%. And I think, as Dolly says, after, after the weekend, I think obviously not really your first game of the season. And then obviously the following night, obviously Man City going with theirs, it obviously does amplify those those fears that, that people have. Um, but, you know, there is still plenty of options within the squad. And I think also the fact that, you know, Curtis Jones, uh, Curtis Jones's injury the week before was, was then so uh, quickly followed by Thiago's, obviously, probably made the situation uh, feel, you know, probably worse than it is. I mean, until the, the first international break of the season, which is just before the end of uh, September. I think it's only about one game a week, so it's not exactly like they're competing on, on all fronts like they were last season. Um, and, you know, by that time at the end of September, you, you, you'd hope that Thiago will be back. I mean, Klopp said today, he's hoping it's closer to four weeks. Um, you'd, you'd expect Curtis Jones to be back by then as well, and, and well and well and truly in the mix. And, obviously, you know, Carvalho, you know, he's, he's shown that he can play in that midfield three as well. So there is options available. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know... Even the most optimistic Liverpool fan would have expected Thiago to play, you know, every single game this season, you know, given his injury record since since he came from from Bayern Munich two years ago. So, you know, that was something that it's not caught Liverpool cold, maybe because it was so early in the season that might have. But you know, I don't think, don't think they would have been sitting there thinking, yeah, he's going to he's, he's fit enough, or you know, his track record suggests he can probably start 38 Premier League games. So, um, from that perspective too, I don't think it's you know too surprising. You could maybe look at you know the number six position that maybe that is a bit light, given that it's only Fabinho, and then you're probably dragging. Dragging Henderson into that position as well, but you know, as Klopp said today, Henderson did really well there. Um, you know, his, his best performances last season. You know, that, that one old Travis sticks out when you know Fabinho wasn't wasn't able to play, and, and Henderson, you know, was key in that uh, key in that getting that five 0 win. Obviously, gets the assist for Mo Salah. Um, 
So, you know, there is versatility within the squad. And I think as well, there's, you know, there's, there's a number of, uh, question, not question marks, but I think an opportunity for, for so many players within the squad at the minute. I think, you know, you look at Naby Keita, he's, you know, entering the final 12 months of his contract. Um, you know, as, as much as, you know, fans would like to go out and get that, you know, that shiny new midfielder, you've, you've got a 52 million pound midfielder who, you know, does, yeah, he, you know, maybe hasn't hit the heights that people would have expected since he, you know, since he joined in, in 2018. But, you know, you still, there's still 50 or so games you'd expect this season where he's going to have to prove, you know, that, you know, you know, he is good enough to be at Liverpool and that, you know, Liverpool should should be looking to, to extend his contract and, and you know, that he is can, can be a, you know, constant figure in, in that Liverpool team after, you know, the likes of Jordan Henderson and, and James Milner departing, you know, in the coming years. And, you know, as well, you look at Curtis Jones, someone who's, um, you know, he's probably been up and down in, during his time in the first team, but, you know, again, he's so young. So, you know, the, the only way to kind of get, you know, getting through those experiences of, you know, having, you know, maybe a couple of good games then followed by, you know, not as many good games as, you know, by playing him and giving him giving him minutes, you know, that, that can be frustrating at times, but, you know, that, that's part of the part of the process. You know, we, we saw City do that with, with Phil Foden, um, you know, and, and they're obviously kind of reaping the benefits now. Um, same goes for Harvey Elliott, you know, obviously, obviously signed a new contract yesterday afternoon. Um, you know, that's a, another big show of faith on Liverpool and obviously further future-proofing um, for you know, for after you know the likes of, of Milner and those go. So you know, I can understand why people you know might be a bit knee-jerk in their reactions. You know, given what happened last weekend, but I think if you know all it takes is Liverpool to you know go and put three or four past Palace on Monday night for those fears to be to be eased and you know people to be looking ahead to you know that trip at Old Trafford going you know with good format. I don't think there's you know, and we've seen with Klopp as well during his time. As, as Dolly said, he's, he's earned the trust of supporters. You know, you only have to go back to 2017, the whole Van Dyke saga. Um, you know, when Southampton kind of shut down their attempts and. You know, instead of you know going out and getting whoever was on the market at the time, whether that be Kula Bali or who anyone else who was in Liverpool, you know, he stuck to his guns and you know maybe went through that rocky period. You know, during those you know October months, you know, I'm thinking about the, that, that game against Tottenham at Wembley. You know, and, and he got his man in, in Van Dijk in, in the January, and obviously you know that's, that's paid dividends, doesn't it? You know, you know, four four years later, he's you know he's he's probably the best defender in the world, if not uh, you know the best that the Premier League has ever seen. So you know, I think Klopp is you know and and the, and the club as a whole have certainly. Um, you know, earned enough trust over the last couple of years, you know, if they do decide that this summer isn't, you know, the, the right time to go and get a midfielder or, or the man isn't on the market, um, you know, I think people should certainly, you know, trust them and, and what they've got planned. And, and as Dolly says, you know, plenty can change. We've got three weeks until the end of the transfer window. Um, you know, obviously it is a knock-on effect, you know, if, if you know, the, the likes of Jude Bellingham, you know, if they you know, they would have to get a replacement, but, you know, there's, there's still plenty of time. I mean, stranger things have happened and I don't think it will happen, but, you know, you know, you can never really say never in, in the transfer window. Um, that sounds very Jim White, that does. So I do, I do apologise for that, but, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, there is plenty of time left. And, and even if they don't bring someone in, I think they've got enough within the squad anyway to kind of challenge on, you know, both, both big fronts this season. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, it certainly provides an opportunity, doesn't it, for one or two other players. We've mentioned Harvey Elliott a couple of times now, Dodi. Is he is he the obvious one that you'd turn to in terms of, of shaking things up in that midfield? Naby Keita is, is an option as well. But to me, Harvey Elliott, it just feels like the, the time to, to put him back into that position again. Yeah, forget Thiago's injury. I'm pretty sure if Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson had all finished the game on, on last Saturday, fans would have been calling for them all to be dropped because they were all absolutely terrible. So... The fact that he's injured kind of means that Klopp's got to make one change. Um, I think Elliot's the obvious one because he's come on on the last ticket. The only other person you could say is James Milner, but I think Milner 
is going to be more of a he will be the, the five substitutions mean that Milner can play 60 minutes one game play half an hour next and he knows he doesn't have to play the full thing and I think with Fabinho and Henderson they don't necessarily they're not in a I would be surprised if they were dropped let's put it that way so I think Harvey Elliott's the obvious choice because he's coming on the last two games and he's done well I mean we mentioned on the pod the other day that when Elliot come on, that's when Salah started playing because he had somebody in midfield who actually could pass to him as opposed to trying to give him all these ridiculous passes. So that helped. And I think that that, that kind of link-up is something that cannot be cannot be ignored and Klopp will have seen that. And that's probably why, going back to last year, that's why Elliot ended up playing in midfield because he was on that right side and he was linking up with Salah and Salah's got a lot of time for him. And you can see that from the way they are on the pitch and the way you've seen them in the training ground. And I know I was there at Leeds when, when Elliot got injured and Salah was the first player over there to him and telling the, you know, the trainers to get on. And since read in, in Linda's book that he was absolutely fuming after the game, wasn't he? Salah in the dressing room about it. So he was a bit upset about it. So, you know, there is there is that, 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 that if, you, if you've got your best player there and you've got another player you can get in the team and bring more out of him, then fair enough. And, you know, there's every chance that Elliot will go on to become a very important player for Liverpool. Um if not this season, then, you know, with seasons to come. Um, but, yeah, I think he's the obvious one to come in. Cater would have been a very good choice, but he's not played the last couple of games because he's been ill. And I do think that counts against him. But, again, you can see Cater getting half an hour. Uh, and even if Cater does start... I think if Cater starts, you're looking at both... You're looking at... It would be him and Elliot with either Fabinho or Henderson. And I think that's a bit of a progressive midfield for a first home game of the season especially when you, you can make the subs after an hour or, you know, you've got that many substitutions that you can make. So I can't really see Klopp doing that, particularly because he'll have, um, he'll probably start, I know, not, not doing team selection, but, you know, Nunes could, looks like he could be starting up front as well. So Elliot's the one who could come in. And it's funny, isn't it? Because this time last year, people were, you know, a bit of a curiosity and saying, oh, this is going to be incredible. We've got you know, Harvey Elliott's come through. Isn't he, isn't he doing really, really well? Everyone just seems to have forgot that. You know, Thiago's injured. Now Elliot's about to come back in again. And it's people are like, no, oh, it's only Harvey Elliott. But it's like, well, hang on, no, it is Harvey Elliott. And he's, he's he, hang on, last year, 12 months ago, everybody was saying how great he is, you know, that he's going to be the future. God, his fault he got injured. So I don't really understand why people are complaining so much or not getting more excited about him than they should be because, you know, he's somebody that Klopp loves. I think it was the game at Southampton, wasn't it, last year, end of last season, I should say, where him and Curtis Jones started and Klopp kind of hinted that, you know, this could be a bit of a future or, or something that he would like to see more often. Obviously, Curtis Jones being injured means that can't happen, but Harvey Elliott's there, he's ready, he played well in the summer. He's somebody who's ready to start, so yeah, it should be him. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the, the new contract before we sort of come around to, to other bits, Kiefer. I mean, it, it wasn't one that was running down, it wasn't one that Liverpool had to, to desperately do now, but it it is one that, obviously, again, this pattern of rewarding these players for their progress, very much the case with Harvey Elliott. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, he only played, what, 600 or so minutes since since he signed his last contract. But I think it's obviously, you know, his, his wider importance, you know, in the team and within the squad. And, you know, it feels like he is kind of cementing that position as a, you know, a first, you know, 12, 13 player with, within that Liverpool squad. I mean, in his interview yesterday, he spoke that this contract feels more of a, a first-team contract than, you know, last season. Obviously, he'd just come back from the loan at Blackburn Rovers. And, then, you know, it wasn't, wasn't long after that that he kind of, you know, served himself in that Liverpool team, didn't he? He had that brilliant game against Burnley. Um, where he was involved, you know, showed that link up with Salah and Trent on the right hand side, didn't he, for the first for Mane's second goal. Um, and then obviously started the, the week later against Chelsea. Um, 
And as, as Dougie says, you know, the way he links up with Salah and Trent on that right-hand side is really exciting. And, you know, given that, he, you know, he's left-footed as well, that rotational play with Salah, I think, really does, you know, help um, occupy defenders and give Salah that, you know, bit of room. And, and you know, he, he certainly was, you know, one of the, one of the brighter players on, on Saturday afternoon when he came on. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be a big season for him. And obviously the contract is, you know, is, is, is going to be justification for kind of what's, what's to come, you'd expect. And, you know, Klopp still does have... Um, you know, Klopp's obviously very complimentary of him, you know, after his injury against um, against Leeds last year when he came back against Cardiff. I mean, Klopp said that, you know, just com- complimented his mentality and kind of everything he'd been through and kind of his positive outlook on life. And I think that was probably that time, even though, he, you know, he wasn't on the pitch and, you know, wasn't able to make the impact he would have would have hoped for after those you know, handful of starts earlier in the season. It was, you know, it's probably a different side to Harvey Lake that they saw during those months, you know, doing rehabilitation on his own and to kind of get through that injury at such a young age, it kind of shows that he's got, you know, wise heads on, on young shoulders, which, you know, is, is going to be really important going forward for him. And, and, you know, to be able to handle, you know, the kind of limelight that he's coming into and, you know, certainly makes him, um, you know, deserving of this new contract. And, and I think as well, like, you know, Dolly says that, you know, people have probably forgotten the impact that he did have last season. You know, it feels like he has been around because he came when, when he was 16 years old. You know, this is his, what, third, third or fourth season now, three years since he joined. And it's like, you know, he hasn't played that much football or as much football as you'd probably expect. If you've probably got your stats down on paper and the minutes he's wrapped up for the first team, um, you know, it's, it's nowhere near what it kind of feels like he's played. It feels like we've seen a, a lot more of him than we actually have. And, you know, it's the same with Curtis Jones in a sense. I think, you know, you will get frustrating performances from him. Um, you know, you might not get that in products. You know, he's he's certainly not a polished diamond yet, but, you know, the potential is there. And, and the only way to kind of, uh, you know, to, to kind of smooth him out is to, to give him minutes within the first team. And I think, you know, the game on Monday night, as, as Dolly says, regardless of whether Thiago is injured, I think it feels like a really good game for him. You know, Liverpool are going to you'd expect to have most of the ball against, you know, a compact Palace side. Um, so, you know, it's, it's perfect for him to kind of pick up the ball in the pockets and kind of link up with Salah and, and obviously Nunes if he does start. So, yeah, I think, you know, hopefully he can kind of kick start his season and Liverpool can on, on a positive on Monday night and, you know, kind of remind everyone of just how important he can be to this Liverpool side and, and how good he was this time last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it always kind of felt like it was going to be a big season for him, but obviously we all know what happened with the, the injury last season just at, at the wrong time. I mean, there's there's never a right time for, for an injury like that, but it felt like he was just about to to get a real run in the side. What what do you think should be the expectation for him this season? Is there, is there a point where, I know Liverpool don't necessarily have a starting eleven, but is there a point this season where he sort of becomes one of the first names in that midfield trio? Probably. I would think that he would probably think that. I think Klopp would want that because he's good enough and he'll, he'll do something a bit different. It all depends on what happens with, with Nunes and how he adapts and what they want to do with him. So, yeah, if he can play in a couple of positions as well, Carney, so that'll be helpful for, for Liverpool going forward. Certainly on the right flank. I mean, they haven't really got a backup for Salah, have they really? Um, and there probably will be some games where he's pushed a little bit further forward, but it does look as though he seems to prosper a bit more on the right side of that midfield three and then I don't know what say Liverpool go to four two three one maybe playing on the right side of that would would help him even more so there's plenty there for Liverpool to go at and he's the kind of player who the other players immediately when he signs you could tell from just when they play together that they just trust him on the ball so they just give it to him and they know he's going to usually make the right decision and you know you're coming into a Liverpool team that's the top three teams in the world so if you're able I think people forget about that you know, especially with the youngsters who come in, it's like it's not like they're coming into Liverpool from five, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. This is the one of the best teams, best you know, best teams, best managed teams in the world. So 
it's going to be hard for them to get in and, and do something. They have to have something about them. And uh, Elliot clearly has that. And I wrote a couple of weeks ago saying, in the preview for the season, saying, fully expect the Liverpool team that ends the season to be different to the one that starts it. And I think one of those things will be having Harvey Elliott in and around the team, if not regularly starting by, you know, by that time. Hundred percent. It feels like a, a big one for him. You wouldn't be surprised if he managed to establish himself. Wouldn't be surprised to see him on the starting eleven as well for for Monday night. So let's talk a little bit about Crystal Palace as well, Kiefer. I'll come to you first on them. I mean, obviously the draw with Fulham on the opening day wasn't ideal. It probably felt like a defeat for a lot of, of Liverpool fans. Does that increase the pressure at all in in this match, or is it just a case really of the performance as much as the result really needing to massively improve? Not really. I mean, Liverpool would have, you know, Liverpool in any season will be, you know, aiming to win all their home games. So, you know, I don't think dropping points to Fulham, you know, changes that. It doesn't change the mentality within the squad. Um, you know, it probably uh, agitates a few more people, you know, a few more of the fans um, going into the game, maybe a bit, a bit of nervous energy. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, within the first half an hour or so, you know, back at Anfield, you know, um, you know, controlling, having a lot of possession, I'm sure those kind of fears will be eased and, you know, you got to think as well that Liverpool didn't have as long as a, as, as long of a pre-season as they did last season. I think they had six weeks last year, and obviously, I think probably what about a month this time. Obviously, it's a quick turnaround given given how uh, long their season was last year, sixty three games long. So, um, you know, I think when you you look at it rationally, yeah, the performance wasn't good at um, Fulham, but you know, it is understandable in a way that they didn't hit the ground running. I mean, we've seen it in recent years. You know, Man City aren't you know renowned for you know for how stuff. Sorry for how quickly they start Premier League season. So, you know, they've always gone on to, you know, to pick up another 90 or 95 points. So, you know, there's no reason Liverpool can't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be an interesting one. I mean, they only played Palace, didn't they? Um, what, last a month ago now, uh, obviously out in, in, out in the Far East. I know obviously it was a, a much different, uh, much change, sorry, um, Palace side, given, you know, the problems they kind of had with getting senior players over, uh, you know, to pre-season for, for various reasons. So, you know, it'll be a different side and, and, and obviously for Liverpool as well, you know, they had a lot of youngsters out that day and, and during those two games in the Far East, you know, they, they kind of split it into like three or four teams. So, you know, they'll, they'll be, you know, it will be a completely different test. Obviously it'd be, you know, you'd hope it'd be a lot cooler than it is than it was out there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think you know the mentality will change going into this one. I, you know, fully expect Liverpool to you know, pick up their first win of the season and, and almost kind of you know dust the cobwebs down after what would have been you know uh, wasn't a long summer, but you know mentally it probably would have felt a bit long having the hangover from the Champions League final and, and given all the games they played and obviously what happened on the final day of the Premier League season. So you know, kind of getting that out of their system and you know kind of the, the spring and the set that various players have had this week with the likes of Elliot having his new deal. If you know if he is going to start, you know he's going to be wanting to you know get a goal or an assist or just, you know, influence the game to kind of mark that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, like I say, I fully expect Liverpool to, to win. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's crazy, isn't it? You know, one defeat or another, what feels like a defeat, sorry, you know, one draw against Fulham and, you know, people kind of, you know, really start to, to doubt this side that have, you know, been the, probably one of the best sides, if not the best side in, in club football, you know, over the past kind of three or four years, you know, all the, you know, all the, the trophies they've won and, and all the moments they've given supporters seems to, you know, seems to all be forgotten, um, you know, after their meteorite double. So, you know, I'm sure they'll, um, you know, want to, want to get back to winning ways and, and you know, the fans as well, um, they'll want to see the, the team that they've seen and the performance levels that they've been used to. And, you know, it's, it feels like a good test against Palace and there's plenty to be excited about, you know, with Darwin Nunes, it'll probably be his first start as well. Um, you know, he'll be looking to get his first, first Anfield goal in Liverpool colours. Um, so, yeah, it's been very exciting. Um, like I say, you know, it's a shame it's probably not a Saturday three o'clock kickoff, given it's the first day of the uh, first home game of the season. But you know, I'm sure the excitement will be there, nevertheless.
The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp was really honest about the performance only last week, despite a few selective quotes about graphs being thrown around in certain areas. But he will want a, a response from that, won't he? The Anfield crowd will expect it. The first home game of the season, you'd expect a very different Liverpool performance on Monday night compared to last Saturday. Well, you'd hope so. Not least because the game they can kick off a bit later, so they won't still be in bed as they clearly were for that half 12 kickoff, which I think people have overlooked a little bit. Liverpool, I think last season they won all the half 12 games without exceeding the goal. But, you know, this year, just this season, sorry, on Saturday, they just weren't there. But, you know, that happens. It just, you know, it's, it's happened before it happened again. Uh, that just happens. And uh, the, the only timing of it meant it was the first game after what happened against Man City. Everyone was on the up and, you know, I just think people seem to forget that, look at some of the other results that have happened already this season. You know, from from certain teams who you think should be doing a bit better, and I think we'll next couple of weeks we'll get more daft score lines. Liverpool just have to hope that they don't get on the wrong end of too many of them, and give them give themselves too much to do in terms of catching up with whoever it is that might be leading the way at the time. So there is that. Um, yeah, Klopp, we couldn't say much more else about the performance because after after the game, he just said exactly what he said again today. So without wishing to say we're going around in circles a little bit, but I think we are, and I think. He'll know exactly what needs to be done. There will be changes to the team. He'll have had an extra week on the training ground, which will help. Um, although you could argue that they would have preferred a game in midweek to get it out of the system. But you know, it's the first home game of the season. Liverpool traditionally do quite well in those fixtures. And they, they, they need to get a win because that will settle any nerves from some of the... Well, you know, I'd imagine that the nervous fans won't be the ones who tend to attend the you know attend the games as often as some of the other ones shall we say um because they see they see it for what it is and uh, i think for the funny enough for the game against strasbourg the friendly where liverpool obviously have got a reserve team there were i would imagine that was a that was an atmosphere where there were a lot of people who don't normally get a chance to go to the games a lot of families there and they got behind the team in the second half, and there was a couple of youngsters there who were playing. He could end up playing. You look at Harvey Elliott, he, he was playing. We mentioned him before. Cavalio probably will get some minutes. So there are going to be opportunities for these people, and I wouldn't be too concerned about the game in, in that sense. I'd be more concerned about the fact that it's Palace, and then Palace were absolutely dreadful in the first 20 minutes against Arsenal but after that, in the first game, and after that, they did quite well. And I think... If you bear in mind, this time last year, Liverpool, I think it was in the September, they played Palace. And I know they had Conor Gallagher, who's, who was their best player last season. He's, he's not there now. He's gone back to Chelsea. But Palace gave Liverpool a really good game. And I think it'll be the same again. I mean, how many times have Liverpool had last season when they did, with, you know, when they nearly won all four? How many league games did they have where you thought, well, this has been quite fairly straightforward? Well, apart from Manchester United, both games. I mean, the rest of them, was, a lot of them at the time, it was a battle. Just you can go through nearly every single team that they played last season again, with, with the exception of Manchester United, weirdly. And every team gave them a game at some point, whether it was home or away. So, I don't think anybody should expect anything different. Premier League's hard, it's difficult. And Liverpool aren't going to blow teams away. And the way that they play the game, certainly in the last couple of years, they're, they're very rarely going to do that because of the, they, they get a bit more control. It's not like when Klopp was there when he first came in and he, he got on, you know, the feet under the table, they win an home game 6-1, 6-0, 5-0, and then they go to somewhere like, I don't know, Hull and get beat 2-0, something like that. It doesn't really tend to happen that often these days. So I do think the fans who you know, the fans who, who are there or watch them more regularly in 
in detail will know exactly what to expect on Monday and Klopp will know he expects his team to be a lot better because if they play like they did against Fulham, they're probably not going to win. No, absolutely. Palace, a good team, lots of good players all over the pitch. But just before we finish the podcast, then let's go through our Liverpool teams for the game. Alison Becker will be in goal. Dodi, I'll come to you first on the defence. I mean, there's probably not loads of changes that you can make in there. Is there any temptation to switch things up at the back? Is there a Joe Gomez opportunity? Or are you saying to the same lads, go and do it again, but do it a lot better? I think Joe Gomez will play in that week where they've got three games, which is next week, is it? Next week? I know next next week, if you see what I mean. Yeah. yeah, they've got... Is it? Is it Newcastle? Newcastle Wednesday, isn't it? So they've got... No, it's not. It's, it's yeah, the week after you're right because they got United next week. Yeah, that'll be the that'll, yeah, that'll be the week where where they play Bournemouth, Newcastle, and Everton. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, that'll be so. the week where you see Gomez play, and I think you might see Simigas play as well if he's back fit. So, and even then, as I said, like a broken record, five subs, they can just change things around and give people a rest. So, you, you might not necessarily see Simigas, for example, starting as many games as he did last season, but you might see him playing in more minutes because he'll come on. From, from you know at some point during games because Liverpool can do that and rotate. So yeah, I do think the defence has to be the defence because I know some people are having to go at Trent for his defending. Although everyone then just seems to completely forget that Van Dijk did a penalty and no one's having to go at him for that. Bit bit strange, you know. But I suppose you could well obviously we mentioned it to me. Van Dijk's got a little bit of uh, credit in the bank. Um, so it's Trent. It Trent to be fair. Yeah, so Trent. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, just just because it wasn't his fault that he was left isolated at the far post against this big beast of a striker. You know, you try heading that clear. You know, it was a good cross. It was a good goal for Fulham. So, you know, but there is that. You know, all the teams are allowed to score decent goals. And it's not as if it wasn't coming in that game. So, yeah, I mean, overall, he didn't have a particularly great game. But then, he, you know, a lot of them didn't. So, no, the defence is the same. Kiefer, same for you or possibility for a change? No, I think I think same again. Um, I think you know defense wins your wins your titles, doesn't it? And I think you know there's no point changing, you know, a faulty backline after after one game. I think you know you, it's in plenty of trust the four of them over the other five, if you include the goalkeeper over the years. And you know I don't think you know Klopp be looking to send out that kind of message, you know, early on. I mean, obviously you know Gomez obviously signed a new contract this year. It's a big season for him as well. But you know I think you know his minutes will come in, in due course. I, I won't be looking to you know to change uh, change uh, massive just yet. Yeah, I would have thought all four of those players would improve on Monday, certainly compared to what they were like on Saturday. You'd certainly be worried if they weren't. But let's move on to the midfield then. I'm going to make a couple of changes. I'm going to bring Elliot and Cater in. Henderson as the number six. Doidy, are you the same as me or is it just the one change for you? Um, don't know. I mean, Fabinho. I think people forget Fabinho was injured at the end of last season. Um I still think he was, I think that's partly contributed to the Champions League final. He still had a bit of a problem. Thiago got injured as well. You know, it turns out he couldn't feel his foot or something like that, wasn't it? So, you know, that didn't help. But no, I think you've got to stick with Fabinho because he needs to get the minutes and get that kind of rhythm. So he plays. You're, I was tempted to put Cater and Elliot in, but again, the subs thing means there's no point. So start with Henderson and Elliot. Kiefer, which way are you? I'm going for Fabinho, Elliot, Henderson. Um, I think I think as Dully touched on there, and the five subs obviously a massive, uh, a massive you know uh, reason for that. But also I think you know to have someone like Henderson alongside, um, or even Fabinho as well, but to have those alongside Elliot and kind of guide him you know through the game, um, you know is going to be really important. Uh, you know you know he's he's quite emotional, um, but you know to that first start after his new contract and first start of the season, um, first start at Anfield in in a while, um, you know it's going to be really important to kind of have that you know those senior. Senior heads around him. I mean, Linda's spoken his book, didn't he, about how he, how he pairs kind of 
uh, you know, likes to pair, you know, a bit an older player with a younger player. It works both ways, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's definitely what I'm going with. Uh, I think obviously Kate obviously hasn't trained as much over the last couple of weeks because uh, of illness. Um, but you know, with the fives, we'd expect him to you know hopefully get half an hour in the bank and you know then be be looking maybe for a start against United next week. But you know, I'd, I'd definitely be sticking with that midfield, given that they've all played this season at some point. Yeah, the only reason I went Kater, to be honest, was because I'm not a massive fan of Henderson on the left side. If I want Elliot on the right, then I think Henderson has to be centre rather than left. But we'll see what Jurgen Klopp does. In terms of the front three, I mean, it's pretty obvious for me. I think Salah, Nunez and Diaz, Doggy, is it that? Or does Roberto Firmino get a chance to not put things right, but maybe improve on what he did last week? No, it's that. Perfect. Kiefer, is it that? I don't think I can top that one line by Doily, but um, no, I think it'll be that as well. Um, I mean, obviously, Klopp said today, didn't he, that, you know, they probably didn't give Firmino the service he deserved last week against Fulham. You know, it probably wasn't his fault that he wasn't as isolated as he was. And obviously, the impact, you know, that, that Nunes had, obviously, gets the goal, gets the assist as well. He's just something different, isn't he? And I think, it obviously, you know, it kind of frees up Salah, you know, as we saw for, for his goal last week. Um, and, you know, hopefully it's a, the, the start of a, you know, a new kind of look from three over the, the next couple of years. I mean, it's just really exciting from what we've seen from Nunes already, you know, showing his time at Benfica when he came to Anfield and, and even, you know, his two appearances against uh, City and uh, Fulham, you know, he's, he's looked really sharp. And, you know, I think as well, it's a really good uh, opportunity and a really good opponent for him to kind of, um, you know, make his Anfield debut, you, you know, Liverpool are going to dominate the ball as, as we kind of expect. And, you know, with that 43-1 that, there'll be space for him to run in behind and, and with Elliot playing, you know, in the pockets as well, you know, it, it could be something, you know, really that, that does benefit Nunes and, and hopefully he can kind of get off the mark. Yeah, they certainly looked a lot better in attack with him on the pitch last week. So that's what I'm going for as well. Let's finish with match predictions or score predictions, I should say. I'll go 2-0 to Liverpool. I think I fancy Salah and Nunez both to score. Doidi, what's your score prediction? I think my match prediction is Liverpool against Crystal Palace on Monday. Uh, <laughs> Correct. And my score prediction is 2-1. I think Paris will score. I think it'll be a bit nervy. I think Liverpool will, will get it done. And, well, they'll do it in a way whereby it'll be a lot better performance and people will go, well, how come they didn't win it by more? It's a very precise, this, by the way, this prediction, where they, <laughs> where they, where they, where they should have won it by more. Or full, they could just score goals. Yeah, so it's still 2-1. Still 2-1. 2-1. Kiefer, Liverpool to uh, win? I'll go free one, yeah. I think, you know, maybe maybe potential for a few nerves, but I think Liverpool will get a, a late one to seal it off. So, yeah, it's the first victory this season. Yes, exactly. Any win that will do. That will just about do us, though, for today's podcast. Lots of stuff, of course, to come over the weekend before the game and on Monday as well. As I mentioned earlier, the Blood Red podcast will then be back with all of the analysis of Monday's game on Tuesday, hopefully by which time Liverpool have picked up their first three points of the campaign. Until next time, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.